You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow a side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews. So let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Nikayla here, back with another episode. And today I'm excited to welcome a woman who is a pro side hustler turned beauty expert. This month, I'm really thrilled to profile some of the women who have gone from side hustle to owning a physical business. And today's guest is one of them. Her name is Nicole Alexis, and she's the owner of the Beauty Haven Primp Beauty Studio in Washington, D.C., Nicole realized that her passion in beauty was more than a side hustle while working as a financial analyst with the federal government. As her side hustle, which was providing brow shaping and body waxing, started to grow, she came to this crossroads. Would she stay comfortable with her six-figure salary and earn extra money on the side or take her side hustle full time? She chose to be a true hustler and went for her beauty passion and opened up print beauty studios. The rest as I like to say, is history. On today's show, Nicole shares how she built an organic brand, an in-demand business with clients that followed her from location to location, and how she dealt with the surprise costs that come with being a novice business owner. Let's get right into it. So welcome to the guest chair, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I am so happy to have you. So tell us a little bit more about your background and career path before becoming a beauty expert. Um, before becoming a beauty expert, I was actually a government contractor doing budget and finance functions. So I'm a numbers girl. How did you get into that? Were you interested <laughs> in that? <laughs> um, I thought I was going to be an accountant in college, actually. And then I realized in accounting, too, that I did not want to do that anymore. So I majored in business. But once I graduated, I did end up in, in budgeting. And so were you always doing beauty on the side? And how did that come to be? Always no. I actually became interested probably my senior year or just shortly after I graduated college. Became interested in makeup, but more so to try to earn some extra money on the side. So that's how I really got started in beauty. I, once I researched makeup classes, I saw that, that if you become an esthetician, they'll teach you the basics of makeup and all of this other stuff. So again, I was looking to make some extra money. So it sounded great to me. <laughs> so you started doing this on the side or you were just like still exploring, learning more about it? Well, I definitely started doing it on the side, but I did more of bridal makeup and facials is how I really started out. And then the brows came later. Yes. Tell us about the brows because, okay, you are an artist. You are skilled. And this is what you're known for now. Do people come to you for makeup anymore? Or they're like, you are the brow expert. Some people still come to me for makeup. Those who have been around for a while know that that's, you know, that's how I got my start. So they still reach out. But it just really happened by accident. One day my husband, he was my boyfriend then, he said, you know, you really don't even promote yourself as a makeup artist anymore. So it just kind of happened organically. Nothing I planned. But yeah, brows, brows is my thing. I still love makeup, but I think that brows have taken the lead. 
And when did you start to realize that you could actually start a business and not just do this on the side anymore? Man, my, when I got off from my nine to five, I would go to the suite that I had rented and I was booked every day. I was booked on the weekend. And so that's kind of when I realized it could go further. Um, the timing of when it happened was more based on the opportunity and the space being available. I love the fact that you're so, you know, casual and nonchalant about this studio. (laughs) Let's let's take it back a little bit. So tell us about when did you rent the studio? So this is like true side hustle stuff. Like you're working for the government, but you have a studio and you're taking clients. Did you have a website at that point? Like how did people book? I've always had a website. I won't say I'm anal, but in terms of business, like I went to business school. So a lot of things I knew were necessary so as basic as the website may have been back in the day, I've always had a website. Um, when I started renting the suite, I was using a salon booking system called Style Seat. So that would link directly from my website. And what's that called again? Style Seat? Style Seat. So okay. it's for beauty professionals. And I'll link to that in the show notes. So you always had a website. You linked it through Style Seat. And how'd you go about finding a space? How did I find this The original. So I guess we need to rewind a little bit because I started out as, you know, just working by myself in this suite. And I found this suite. I was at a networking event and I was already thinking about looking for a space, but a young lady approached me because she needed someone to share a suite with. And she had already, you know, started running the space. So we partnered in the beginning to share this suite. Um, And that's how I I got that. I love that. Like going to this networking event and ended up finding not not really a partner, but someone who um, had similar interests and leveraging each other to be able to do what you both need to do. You know, that's such a great, important point to highlight right there. It is. It's so important. Like a lot of times we think we can do everything on our own or we have to do everything on our own. But sometimes it just takes you opening your mouth because you never know what how you may be able to help someone else or how they may be able to help you. Right. Right. So now how long were you in that space before you opened up your own salon? And we'll get to the whole like the process Mm -hmm. of leaping (laughs) and opening in a second. But I'm curious, how long were you side hustling? Well, that's a different question because... (laughs) My side hustle, I was working from my home for quite some time. And then I worked at somebody's spa and then I work at home again. But I was in that space from 2014 until um, we opened here in 2016. You were moving around, but your clients were following you, weren't they? Yes, they were. (laughs) That's how good (laughs) you are. And, you know, when you build a cult following... You're able to move. You're able to hop locations as long as you keep the communications open. So how did you keep right. that communication open? Would, would you send an email each time you moved? Emails. And some of my closer clients would get personal texts. Um, but definitely email. I had MailChimp. So I would send them email blasts to let them know. And then this is, I really kind of got into Instagram. So I, I let them know that way as well. So now let's move into you making the decision to open Print Beauty and begin truly packaging yourself as a business owner. What went into that? Coaching was definitely integral to making that transition. But also 
having somewhat of a plan, but when the opportunity presented itself, not not allowing my fear to get in the way of, you know, in the way of that opportunity. Ooh, break that down. Okay, so number one, you talked about coaching. What do you mean by that? Did you invest in a business coach? I did, and I actually have two business coaches that serve different purposes right now. Okay. Um, But I, I had a business coach to help me make my initial transition from employee to entrepreneur. And she, I've actually been working with her off and on since then. How did you find that business coach? One of my girlfriends knew her and said, oh my goodness, I need you to, I need you to meet someone. And I set up a call with her and, was, and that was it. And then you mentioned not allowing fear to get in the way. Like, you know, we all have plans, right? And then sometimes Mm -hmm. opportunity pops up before we were ready. Like, we're like, no, but my plan was, but the opportunity Mm -hmm. comes up. So tell us a little bit more about, like, not allowing fear to hold you back from jumping at the opportunity. Um, This this was a huge, a huge move. It's very easy to, you know, to work for yourself, not have to worry about, anyone else to pay your rent and, you know, pocket everything else and not have to worry about paying this bill and that bill in terms of, you know, overhead. So it was a very, very scary thing. But I knew also that my ultimate vision was not to stay in the suite forever. And this space became available. So it was either pass up on this amazing space and what I see that it can be or allow someone else to take it. And so I knew that I knew that I couldn't I couldn't sit in my seat. So had you quit your job before the space became available? Yes. So I was actually we opened in 2016. I had the space in 2015 during renovation. So I was still working from the suite, still paying the rent here <laughs> at the new print. And didn't you, well, all this was going on, you got married, right? I don't know how you got married. (laughs) That is incredible. Listen, somebody should have smacked me. But (laughs) yeah, so I got engaged in March 2016. I got, we opened in August of 2016 and I got married in September. So let's get into some of your first steps to start truly opening up your first space by yourself and taking it from idea to brand. Like, how did you go about that? Did you completely revamp the print beauty brand, including website and all of that? Yes. So I'm very much a do-it-yourselfer. I kind of figure out how to do everything on my own. But I also knew that because this was going to be a new level, that I did have to start using some other resources. And I wanted, you know, my websites looked okay. Um, but I knew that I wanted this to have a much different feel. Um, I wanted it to look more professional. So, of course, I had to reach out to a professional to do those things. And then as far as, you know, when you're opening up a salon, you kind Mm -hmm. of have to think through all the services you want to offer. And you might not specialize in all those services, right? So how did you think through what should print beauty involve? And then how do you go about hiring staff to provide all those services? Mm -hmm. So I just knew my vision. And originally, I got away from my vision. But whatever your vision is, if you know that that works, then you kind of go with that. So my vision was to have a brow waxing makeup and lash studio. But anytime I tried to deviate from that, things just didn't work out. And also committing to 
if it's not something that you want, <laughs> if it's not something that you want to do, then don't do it. So I've decided that I don't want to offer facials and I stopped offering facials last year sometime. People ask me, but that's not part of my vision. That's not a task I want to take on. So I think that, you know, staying true to your vision um, can also help you develop whatever services it is that you want to offer. I think when you start dibbling and dabbling in what you see other people doing, that's when you you open yourself up to failure. That is such a great point, because especially with the amount of beauty experts and brows and, and that kind of industry that you can find on Instagram now, like, of course, I have to imagine it's easy to start to compare and mm-hmm. think through like, OK, well, they're doing that. Should I do that? So that's such a good point that you just made. Has it been easy to get other people to see your vision as you oh. hire? <laughs> <laughs> easy? No. <laughs> Why is that? And how are you working through that? Um, I, Some of the best advice I've ever been given in regards to hiring is um, hire slow, fire fast. So I think that in the beginning, I didn't really have my hiring plan mapped out. And so I look more at talent versus whether this person really fit into the culture here. And it didn't end well. So... Definitely developing a hiring plan, multiple steps. Just because you like someone at the initial interview doesn't mean that they belong. And now I'm just kind of, again, hiring slow. I think I have a good team here, but I'm not. Yes, I do want to hire other people. I do want, you know, to kind of be able to take a step back a little bit and offer opportunities to other people. But I'm taking it slow. Speaking of taking it slow, I always wonder this, especially with, you know, physical businesses and and when you're the face of your brand, Mm -hmm. how do you think about the next wave of being able to build a business that doesn't have you in the center? Are you at that point now where you kind of are able to take time off without feeling like clients want to reschedule because they want to be seen by you? They definitely want to be seen by me. But I think what's important is also setting a standard and so that you train other people to that standard as well so they feel comfortable going to anyone. And so that's what I'm looking to do with anyone that I hire. Now, like, when did you start to reap profit from your business? Now, I know that when you were in a suite, that had to be way different than now that you are paying for overhead and (laughs) hiring. Yeah. So what were some of the things you invested back into the business? Everything, my life. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, so, I mean, down to just the furniture, the renovation, everything was just so expensive. And when you, even when you have a budget, um, you have this plan mapped out, you really don't realize, okay, this may not capture everything because this is your first time doing it. Um, yeah, so... In terms of investment, I, a lot. It was thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Now, and I'm, I'm curious, you know, what advice would you have for someone who is Nicole two years ago, right? They mm-hmm. have this awesome booming side hustle out of their home or out of a suite and they're like, they're ready to go out on their own. Or so they think, <laughs> what mm-hmm. are some of the costs and, you know, legal things that you didn't necessarily know, but you want to make sure they know? Um, definitely 
taxes. So even if you're renting a space, a lot of times the the landlord will pass on the property taxes to you. So that's like a huge, a huge fee once a once a year that you really didn't anticipate. Um, small things add up. You need Wi-Fi. You need all of your subscriptions, you know, your email subscriptions, your booking system. You need to also consider your employees. That's, you know, your pay is a huge, a huge cost. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back, what has been the biggest challenge that you faced in starting PRIMP? I would say definitely the hiring process has been the most challenging. Talk to me about balancing life and love, first year of marriage and entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a struggle, but thankfully, I mean, he's extremely supportive. Um, and I don't think that had he not been as supportive that I would have been able to make that transition. As so he gets it, but it's also about kind of planning your day. You have to, you plan time for your meetings. You also have to make time for your husband. So as unorganic as it may seem, you know, sometimes that's what it requires. And how did you financially prepare for entrepreneurship? You know, given everything you mentioned about the surprise costs that pop up, Mm -hmm. did you have like a nice little savings pot before you quit? Yes. So I definitely had 20,000 in savings. So that's the one thing I do recommend. If you are working full-time, take full advantage of that. Allow that full-time job to help fund your dream. You know, so that's one of the things that I did. But I also had some some great people that believed in what I was doing. So I had um, one of my best friends invest some money as well. That's so, so awesome. Did you ever ask or, you know, start an official fundraising campaign or that was just done organically? Nope, nope it was done organically. And, you know, one thing we didn't touch on as much is your target audience and how you went about marketing your services. I know that word of mouth was hugely helpful, but Mm -hmm. um, what other marketing steps did you take? Instagram is definitely one of the major ways that we market to our target audience. And I feel like the target audience is kind of like me, somebody that appreciates nice things, um, appreciates being pampered, but also doesn't mind investing in that. And then some of the other ways is partnering with other businesses who may target our our market as well. Oh, that's interesting. Like what kind of businesses? So like there's a cycling studio down the street called Cycle. And we they have given us giveaways for some of our events and vice versa. So just kind of finding those those businesses and then figuring out how you guys can work together. So whether it's an Instagram giveaway or a referral code or something like that. And speaking of those things that you've done, Mm -hmm. I understand that you've recently launched like Print Brides. Yes. Talk to us about that extension of your business. So Print Brides, um, really, I wanted to tap into, again, the makeup, but I knew it was larger than that. We also offer you know, lash extensions, lash lifting, body waxing. So it's a way to give the full experience to the bride so they're not, you know, they don't have to hop all over for the experience. Um, But the other part of it is that we want to be involved from the moment that they say yes. 
And so whether it's your engagement photos or the engagement party, bachelorette party, um, bridal shower, we want to be there for all of those events and get to know our brides really intimately so that we can really create the experience that they want. We also, you know, offer our space for some of those smaller events. So if they want to do a brow party with their bride, um, have their bridal shower here, that's also an option here. How did you think through launching this extension of your business and knowing if it made sense? Sometimes I just have really, really good ideas. <laughs> and they like come to me randomly and then I'll ask someone else. and That's really dope. Um, and then we had a few, a few of our print, print girls that were recently engaged. And so we kind of asked them if this was something that, that they'd be interested in. So kind of a, um, What's that called? A um, test test market mm. <laughs> is what we did. So okay, so now we're going to transition to the lightning round, where you just basically answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay, sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, what's a resource that has helped you in your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience? Oh my gosh, Canva. So Canva is a it's an online, I guess, design platform. So a lot of times you don't have the time or you don't have the resources to hire somebody to make every little Instagram post or every little every little thing that you're trying to launch. So you can use Canva. But I only recommend it if you're kind of good at it. <laughs> because, <laughs> because sometimes even with using a, a site like that, it can it can go left if you don't. You know, sometimes you have to have that eye mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. For um, sure. But it's it's very reasonably priced, so I think that that's one of my one of my go to resources that that's helped us a bit. Number two, what's a personal habit that has helped you significantly in your business? Um, personal habit, definitely getting up early enough so that I have time to pray and meditate and get to the gym before I start my day. Mm. And what's early enough for you? Mm, 5.30. Number three, what's the best book or podcast episode that you've consumed this year? The Kalana Barfield podcast with, um, she was on my leak tools. Yes, I like that one too. (laughs) Yeah, I really felt like it, you know, it demonstrated hard work, you know, and not having things right away, you know, working to get where you want it to be. Okay, number four, how does one break into and stand out in the beauty space? So I definitely think that social media is huge in that, but also network. I think this is in any any space, building building those relationships. And so once you build a, build organic relationships, um, you just never know how that can benefit you. And finally, number five. So as the owner of Print Beauty, what's your parting advice for fellow women entrepreneurs who want to be their own boss, but they're worried about losing that steady paycheck? Definitely create a plan. This is not to say that everything will go according to plan, but create a plan to replace that income before you do anything. Hmm. Should you have the income or just the plan before you leap? <laughs> I definitely believe you should create the demand for yourself before you make it, before you 
before you do that. I mean, some people do have a lot with just leaping out, leaping, but um, I think that God, he definitely wants us to be, uh, us to take the leap of faith and have faith in him, but he also wants us to be smart in doing that, so. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's a great mm-hmm. note to end on. So, Nicole, what's the best way that we can connect with you after this episode? Okay, so you can reach us at um, our online, our website is PrimpPRMPBeautyStudio.com. Um, on Instagram, we're PRMPBeauty. And my personal page is Love Nicole Alexis. All righty, so there you have it, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to Side Hustle Pro. If you want to hear more from me, head on over to sidehustlepro.co forward slash side hustle corner to get my weekly side hustle diaries chronicles about my own journey from passion project to profitable business. And if you want to find me online, I'm at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. Go to sidehustlepro.co forward slash mastermind. And as always, if you love the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week.